This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And Zach Cassian, what does this team have to do to get into the postseason for the first time since 2017? I think we just need to bring our compete level up. I think we're a team that no one's coming in here and going to be complacent. We all have something to prove, everybody. And uh, the guys that had great seasons one year doesn't make a season. And guys that have off years, we have a chance to be better. I think all around as a team, no one should be walking around like their don't stink. It's, it's, uh, we haven't accomplished what we've wanted and we've kind of um, let ourselves down and the team and the city down. So we're coming in here and we're ready to compete. And like I said, we want to make the playoffs this year and um, it starts tomorrow. Oh, I could tell you're all smirking when Zach Cassian used a, a naughty word. He's ready to go. The Oilers ready to go. Physicals and medicals today. The on-ice sessions for training camp start tomorrow, 9.30 at Rogers Place. Don't forget, fan day is Saturday, so the noon session is going to be open to fans at Rogers Place, and uh, former Oiler Dwayne Rollison will be on hand for that. And Dwayne Rollison will be on the show later tonight. You can get him on Inside Sports at 7.30. Of course, one of the big stories for the Oilers is uh, what's going on with Connor McDavid. Now, we got... Some enlightenment on that yesterday from General Manager Ken Holland after the Oilers Media Golf Tournament. He said, maximum of one, very likely none when it comes to the number of preseason games for Connor McDavid. Head coach Dave Tippett commenting on how McDavid might or might not be used throughout training camp and in preseason games. What we're going to do, you know, he's going through everything with the doctors. Ken and I are going to meet this afternoon with the doctors. Um... We're going to be very conservative with them. It's uh, the doctors will give us uh, go ahead. Uh, the practices, we'll see where what the doctors have to say about it. He's been doing a lot of the things that we're going to do in practice, uh, you know, the last week here. But uh, we'll get the final clearance today whether he uh, starts in camp. But uh, it's like Ken said, we're going to be conservative with it. He's he's everything looks great right now, but we want to make sure he's great on opening day of the season and that's uh, that's what we're going to shoot for. My guess is Connor doesn't want to start with a different jersey on than anybody else. He wants to just be like a regular guy so um, 
you know, like I say, we'll, we'll go through it this afternoon and tomorrow morning. I have them on one of the teams uh, starting out, but uh, we'll, we won't finalize that till later today. I'm hearing the words cautious and safe a lot when people around the Edmonton Oilers or on the Edmonton Oilers are discussing Connor McDavid. As, as we've said from skating in, granted not game situations, but in the informal practices, the informal skates, he looks fine. He looks fast. If, if I, did, I didn't know he crashed into the post and had the PCL tear in April, I, I wouldn't know anything happened just by judging him skating. This, this becomes one of those situations where I start to think about what I'm not hearing as much as what I'm hearing. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into this, and, and maybe because it's September 12th, my, my brain gets working on this more than it needs to because we, we don't have any actual games to talk about and the Eskimos are on a bye week and all that kind of stuff. But I start thinking, okay, what am I not hearing? I'm not hearing anybody saying that, you know, we got to remember that this was a, a bad injury and, and uh, that he could miss a week or two weeks or three weeks of the regular season. Uh, I'm not hearing anybody saying that, uh, you know, his his mobility is limited and he's still getting over things. Everybody says everything is fine. He looks fine. He feels fine. The progression has been positive. He feels confident, all that kind of stuff. I'm not hearing, even though everybody's being cautious and safe, I'm not hearing a reason for that other than that they want to be cautious and safe, which I'm not saying that this is a bad approach at all. And maybe this is in some ways a blessing in disguise that McDavid might sit out the entire preseason or six of the seven games because, hey, you can can always get hurt in any situation. And if uh, they're telling him, you know what, save your energy, make sure you're 100% healthy, and we're going to go on October 2nd. I, I, I just think they're being careful. This is obviously one of the best players in the NHL, if not the best player. And anything surrounding this player is going to be headline news in this city and, and in this country. So maybe they're just being cautious and safe with their words as well not putting a timeline on it, taking it, all right, let's wait. See, I mean, what Holland said yesterday was the most definite thing anybody has ever said about it. And I was a little surprised he was that definite because he just kind of said, I don't know what we're going to do in the preseason. We're going to wait and see what the what the doctors say, which is what McDavid has been saying all along and, and kind of what Tippett said today as well, even in light of what Holland said yesterday, that they're going to keep meeting, keep doing things. So they're basically ruling him out for the preseason, I guess, except the final game on the 28th in Calgary. I mean, you'd think if he's going to play his maximum one game that Ken Holland indicated yesterday, it would be the one right at the end. It's It's probably not going to be one halfway through. And then... You'd think, hopefully, he's he's ready to go for October 2nd. So I, I think they're making sure they, they control as much information as possible, try not to put a timeline on it. But again, I'm not hearing anything that indicates that this could really leak into the regular season and keep him out for an extended stretch. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, they, they would like to have him in every game. They would like to have him in opening day. But I'm, I'm not hearing anything like... Oh, uh, it's really not progressing, or you got to remember how bad this was, and and sometimes, you know, if if he has to miss five or ten games, that's the price we got to pay. I, I'm not hearing any of that. Now, who knows? Maybe we're going to start hearing of that. All I all I'm saying is there have been several interviews, several comments from people involved, 
and, and, and they could have said that if, if they thought it was really bad. So, you know, I would come down on the side of him playing on October 2nd as, uh, as we sit here before the season even starts. Here's McDavid commenting on his participation in camp. Yeah, I mean, I leave that stuff up to the doctors, um, you know, and, and that's what that's what everyone's doing is, um, you know, there's guys that uh, are a lot smarter than I am that are going to make that decision. So my job is just to go out there and play, and um, they'll go when I, they, they think I'm ready. All right, so he says we'll go when they think I'm ready. So they'll be uh, they'll be testing. You know, Tippett said he doesn't think Connor wants to wear a different color jersey at practice and and be the non-contact guy or be treated any differently. He wants to be in there and taking part. And and of course, McDavid says he, he's he's not out there. You know, wearing his fright his uh, his frightened pants. You know, I feel like I haven't really held back at all. Uh, I mean, I've been out there for scrimmages and stuff like that, and you know, got bumped and and, and you know, been in battles and stuff like that. So um, I'm not nervous about it, but. Ultimately, got to listen to the doctors. And McDavid was also asked, you know, even though Holland gave a number, he was asked how many games he'll need to be at full speed. You know, I'm a guy that likes to likes to play and play as much as possible. So um, I think in years past, I've played three or four. So, um, you know, if it's two or one, it's not all that different. So um, I'm not too worried about it. Um, uh, practices will be, you know, a good test as well. All right, so keep testing it. Keep listening to the doctors. That's what they're saying. Don texting into 630-630. Hey, Reed, do you think Connor's injury is more serious than the Oilers are letting on? Well, again, Don, my my gut and, and my brain from listening to this tells, tells me that no, because I think if it was more serious, I, I don't think he would have been taking part in in even these these casual skates. I, I think if it was that much at risk or he was that limited – that the doctors would be telling him, you know, you, you can't even go out there at all right now. You can skate on your own, but you can't do anything with teammates or where you'll be cutting too much or, or pushing it at, at, at full speed. But this is probably going to be updated daily <laughs> on this show and uh, you know, in all the uh, variety of platforms that cover the Edmonton Oilers. It is one of the biggest stories going into the year. Hey, my name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio 630 Chet. It's quarter after six. Of course, you can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We have a lot to get to tonight. A little more on Zach Cassian, a little more on Kyle Brodziak. It looks like, uh, unfortunately, he has played his last NHL game because of a back problem. We will go to Winnipeg where defenseman Josh Morrissey gets an extension today, but they lost a couple defensemen and Line A and Connor, both unsigned. They are restricted free agents. And a couple former Oilers checking in tonight. Kevin McClelland and Dwayne Rollison will join us between 7 and 8. We'll call a quick timeout. Thursday Night Football is about to kick off. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Don Unama of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, Eskimos on a bye. They will host Hamilton next Friday. We have our first Oilers preseason broadcast on Monday. They'll host the Winnipeg Jets, 5.30 for the face-off show, and the game will start at 7. Thanks again for tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, Oilers starting training camp today with the medicals and physicals. Goaltender Mike Smith, by the way, uh, going home because he's suffering from uh, the flu, so he came to the rink for his uh, his testing, but they said, you got to go home and rest, buddy, so uh, I wonder if we'll see Mike Smith on the ice tomorrow. Thursday night football, it is Carolina and Tampa Bay. We'll keep you 
updated on that one. We were uh, talking about uh, Connor McDavid, and uh, he says he's just going to listen to the doctors when it comes to his uh, return to game action for the Oilers this season. Last year, second half of the year, Connor McDavid was on a line with Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Cassian. It was quite a journey for Cassian last season. He had two goals before January 13th. And you remember early in the season, his agent approached then general manager Peter Shirelli about looking into a trade, saying, hey, you know, uh, my guy's maybe not being used as much as we think he should. W- would you like to look around? Cassian talked about that after the fact. He said last year, that's that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, your agent uh, speaks on your behalf. He's not saying I want to be traded, but maybe there's a team that could use me a little more. Well, eventually the team he was on started using him a little more. Two goals before January 13th for Cassian. After that, he up 13 goals in the last 36 games of the season, playing mostly with McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's a pretty good pace, and he's hoping to repeat it. I've always been been focused on my speed and and, and fitness, and I think as, as you get older, um, even though 28 isn't old, but you want to you want to maintain and, and try to be as fast as you can, especially if you look around the league now. It's all about speed and transition. So um, I went into the summer trying to improve and trying to, to maintain everything I've, I've built to this point. And um, I'm coming in healthy and excited to go. McDavid in over the line, right circle, feathers, one-timer to score! Zach Cassian matches his career high with number 14! I think Cass, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people tend to underrate his his ability to play hockey um, I know he's a very very tough guy and and um, you know he can fight and, and he, he hits um, but I don't think he gets enough credit for how good of a hockey player he is like he he can play and he's fun to play with he's he gets in there but but he makes plays he sees the ice very well uh, uh, he can shoot the puck he can skate um, you know he's uh, He's a very fun player to play with. Kleppbaum's a little shaken. Here's Cassian, a two-on-one right circle, shoots and scores! Zach Cassian's just established a new career high. That's number 15 on the season. He's a guy that does it all. He, he skates well, he's physical. Um, you know, he, he's a former first-round pick, so you know he can play offense. Um, you know, I think he just, once he gets that confidence, uh, it's, it's a good thing. You saw what he did last year, so. He looks good. He's in great shape. He looks good on the ice. Um, Hopefully he can carry it over. Last night on the show, we are talking a lot about the question marks on the in the bottom six for the Edmonton Oilers. Who are, who will fill their, those roles? Who might be the face-off guy? Who will be the penalty kill specialist? Who's going to be the speed guy? Who might be uh, bring some physicality? Who might provide some depth scoring? Well, up front, I, I think we have some question marks. Not with the big three. I think Leon, Connor, and Nuge will produce. Will they produce as much as last year? I don't know. You heard Dreisaitl say earlier, as long as we're in the playoffs, I don't score if I, if I score 20 goals fewer than the 50 I got last year. They want to be in the postseason. Those guys are going to contribute and drive the offense. James Neal, is he going to bounce back? And then you have Cassian and Chase on. Can they be at or near the career highs they established last year? And how much better could the Oilers be if both of those players are scoring at the same time? Because they they didn't last year. Chason got 15 of his 22 goals basically in the first half of the year. Cassian got 13 of his 15 in the second half of the year. If if they can both be kind of steadily productive throughout the entire season and one guy's on line one and one guy's on line two 
and plus Neil is back to firing away and getting around 20 like he always has, except last year, that makes the Oilers' top six a lot more potent and, and you have a lot more support for those three guys. And I think especially Nugent Hopkins because I thought he was on an island a lot last year centering that second line. We have Rick calling in to 780-496-0063. Rick, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Uh, just a comment on Cassian. You know, I... Uh, been around hockey all my life. I played the game at a pretty high level, and certainly coaching can be questioned uh, every time. But that Cashin, he's uh, he's a full package, and but he's also a bigger he's a bigger not as much a skilled player, but he's a bigger player that can play every aspect of the game. He's probably the most underrated player on the Oilers Hockey Club, and it takes a coach who understands. Uh, that that player has to be involved in the game on a regular basis. If not, he can't get into a rhythm. And Cassian started to play more last year, I think because they were pulling their hair out and they didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the best things that ever happened to Cassian. And you know what? Hopefully this year they'll understand he has to be involved in the game. The more so he is, the better the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club will be. I'll listen to you on the show now. Thanks, eh? Yeah, thanks for calling, Rick. Well, and I got I got to admit, Cassian even surprised me because I know sometimes people would say, "Well, put him on the top line," and I always wondered. I, I know he has the speed. Does he have the puck skills and, and the vision to to play on that top line? And and he proved in a lot of games he did. And even Drysaddle said that in that clip I played a few minutes ago that he's you know was maybe a little underrated offensively in terms of his instincts and his his ability to make plays. And I, I wonder too. And we always, you know, obviously the, the one of the themes in hockey is there are fewer and fewer fights every year. It, it, you know, it seems like there's less fighting, less need for kind of an enforcer. But if you do want some protection for, for Dreisaitl and, and McDavid, is it better to have a guy actually on the ice with them? I mean, you can only protect so much for the bench. If a guy's being a pest out there, you know, guys don't have to take fights anymore like they they used to in the past. So maybe if Cassidy or Cassian actually is on the ice at those tense moments, you know, maybe he's better at calming things down. He's going to be interesting to watch again. If he's productive like he was in the second half last season, I'll give that stat again: thirty-six goals in the last thirty-six games of the year. I mean, over the the course of a whole season. You're looking at around 27, 28 goals. If, if, I mean, if he got to that, that, that would be incredible. What a boost that would be for a team that basically relied on three players to do all that goal scoring. What did I have the other night? Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl outscored the rest of the Oilers team. I think it was 119 to 110 over the whole season. So there you go. We'll have a little bit on uh, Kyle Brodziak. Looks like it's uh, the end of the line for Kyle after a long career that, of course, started and looks like it's going to finish with the Edmonton Oilers. A seventh-round draft pick. 917 games in the NHL, but a back injury, and uh, he's going to fail as physically will likely be placed on uh, injured reserve. We might not see him this season. Plus, we'll go to Winnipeg for their story. The Jets, is, is their window closing on them being a Stanley Cup favorite? We'll talk about that with Jason Bell from the Winnipeg Free Press.
news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Kevin McClelland and Dwayne Rollison, two former Oilers still coming up tonight. They will join us between 7 and 8. It'll be fun to talk to those guys. You can text 630-630. Jared writing in, he says, uh, no read. It'll be Sam Gagne ending up on the second line with Nugent Hopkins and Neil to start. I love Zach Cassian. He's an absolute staple of the oil. So uh, Jared believes... Cassian will continue with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and Sam Gagne will be on the second line. Uh, I was talking about Alex Chason possibly being there. Southside Rob says, uh, hey, Reed, I know it's way too early, but according to NHL lineups, the Oilers' second line could be Chason, Nuge, and Neal. The CNN line, or is that just fake news? Have a great show from Southside Rob. All right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I'm just going to replay. Uh, we had Rick call in about uh, eight minutes ago about the Zach Cassian comment off uh, off the top of the show. We had to bleep out a naughty word, but he was uh, pretty blunt. I'll just play that again in case you missed it. I think we just need to bring our compete level up. I think we're a team that no one's coming in here and going to be complacent. We all have something to prove, everybody. And uh, the guys that had great seasons one year doesn't make a season, and guys that have off years, we have a chance to be better. I think all around as a team, no one should be walking around like their don't stink. It's it's uh, we haven't accomplished what we've wanted, and we've kind of um, let ourselves down and the team and the city down. So we're coming in here and we're ready to compete. And like I said, we want to make the playoffs this year, and um, it starts tomorrow. All right, so they're uh, on the ice tomorrow. A couple of 54 players uh, still in camp, so there'll be two sessions, 9:30 and noon. And remember, fan day on Saturday. The noon session at Rogers Place will be open to the public. The Oilers, uh, and I, I think there's been some leaked images of this for several weeks, but the Oilers unveiled new third jerseys today. They're, they're, there's no white on them. They're navy blue and orange. And if you're going to ask me what I think of the jerseys, I, I'm kind of, usually I'm a pretty much just a whatever guy with jerseys. Unless they're like really, really ugly or really, really good, I'm kind of just like, whatever, just go play whatever teams wear. I will say this, I did like the Oilers' uh, orange third jerseys from three years ago quite a bit that they wore in the year they made the playoffs, and then they changed them when they became when orange became the dominant color at home. I, I like the previous ones better, but I kind of always wait till I see them in person and see on on TV than just judging how they look with players uh, players modeling them. They're 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 pretty simple. Like there's there's not a lot to them. So I'll have to wait until I till I see them on the ice. But they are a, a darker blue than what we're used to for, for most of the Oilers' history. Anyway, uh, a little bit from Kyle Brodziak coming up. I do want to mention this, Kellen. Uh, you know what? We'll make this our off-topic topic tonight Uh-oh. for the text line to 630-630. I was just was, uh, I was seeing this earlier. It's, uh, it's National Video Game Day. Ooh. Yeah, and I didn't know this. National Video Game Day has actually been around since the late 1800s. No, that's actually fake news. Um, so we will say this. This is a sports show. Your favorite sports video game of all time. It's easy for me. All right. MLB The Show. Wow. Is an incredible series. I, I think that is the best. I don't even care what year. Any year. Going back to when it was on PS2. They were good. MLB The Show. They're still making it. It, it is. I'll say, if I have to give a year, I'll say uh, 18 last year's. 
MLB The Show is, mm. I think, the best video game. The See, physics I are still good. Like, the graphics are good. Yeah. It's incredible. See, I still like about the same-ish era and that stuff. The EA Sports NHL 2004 uh, edition that came out because of the um, uh, the urban legend around the, the, the cover athletes and that stuff and everything. Because it started with Danny Heatley on a cover. And then about a month into the sales, they had to change it because Heatley had the oh, unfortunate the accident. Yeah. And so Joe Sackick became the cover athlete. So I own uh, both copies at home with he- Heatley <laughs> and Joe do. Sackick. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. Well, we're already getting texts coming in. We'll catch up with those as we go along. I, I do want to play this about about Kyle Brodziak and uh, Dave Tippett said today with uh, something we've been hearing all summer that that he's hurt pretty bad back injury he will fail the physical it's uh, unlikely he's he's going to play again uh, in the National Hockey League Brodziak 214th overall by the Oilers in 2003 that's a long shot to play a game in the NHL he played 917 of them started with the Oilers went to Mini then St. Louis back with the Oilers last season where he had six goals nine points in 70 games Nurse has it back turns and fires save Barlamov the rebound score Kyle Brodziak on a juicy rebound put it upstairs I loved having Brodziak around he was a, a guy that uh, I really liked and, and um, you know will definitely be missed uh, it's too bad um, they didn't pass his physical but um, you know, he had a great career the steal by Nugent Hopkins races in left wing drag move to Brodziak backhander score shorthanded goal for the Edmonton Oilers yeah we loved having Brodziak here he's a, he's a great team guy uh, he's had a great career um, if this is it then uh, um, I mean, I wish him all the best for sure. I've actually been talking to him a little bit, so um, hope everything uh, turns out okay with his back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, definitely a lot of fun playing with him, and uh, um, he's had a great career. Here's Brodziak, walks in, shoots, and scores! Uh, I got to know Brodziak. He's an awesome guy. He's uh, he's played a long time, had some had some really good years, and obviously uh, you could tell he wasn't feeling completely, completely right last year, but... Um, we're obviously going to miss him. He's a great locker room guy. He's, he's a fun guy to be around. and Obviously, he uh, comes to rink every day and competes. So when you lose a guy like that, obviously, um, it's not the best. But obviously, he, he had a great career. And um, that's something that's never going to be overlooked. McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Cassian with some comments on Kyle Brodziak. Okay, no score about uh, six and a half minutes into the game between the Buccaneers and the Panthers on NFL's Thursday Night Football. We'll keep you updated on that one. As I mentioned, two Oilers alums coming up between seven and eight. You'll hear from four-time Stanley Cup champ Kevin McClelland and uh, one of the heroes of the Oilers' 2006 run to the final goaltender Dwayne Rolison. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As we get towards the regular season here, of course, we're going to be hopping around to other NHL cities for storylines there. We're going to start that tonight. We'll go to Winnipeg. Go on to Winnipeg when we get back. Hi, 
Hi, this is Armando Sewell of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, I gave you that score. 0-0, Buccaneers and Panthers in the NFL. 8:31 left in the first quarter. That could be the situation for a while. They are now in a weather delay. Now in a weather delay, Thursday night football. The Eskimos had that big weather delay in Winnipeg at the start of the 2018 season. Remember that game that took almost six hours to play? We're going to go to Winnipeg now for the latest on the Jets. They've signed defenseman Josh Morrissey to an eight-year contract extension. It is worth $50 bucks. It's going to run through the 27-28 season. Jason Bell covers the Jets for the Winnipeg Free Press. Jason, how are you doing? Real good. Thanks for having me on. It's always an exciting time. We're uh, what are we, about uh, 20 hours from the Jets started training camp so it's uh yeah it's exciting times in winnipeg yeah well medicals and physicals today and uh, the best part is the media doesn't have to do that test on the stationary bike so that's uh that's a perk of being a reporter <laughs> yeah i get I, exa- I get exhausted just watching these guys on those beep tests that's it's brutal and i mean these guys are in a tip-top shape and it looks like they're uh you know maybe going to uh get rid of uh you know this morning's breakfast every time they do these tests and these guys are in better shape than i've ever been so yeah, absolutely. I don't envy them, but if they got to get through, they got to get through that stuff, and then uh, you know the fun, as we see it, is fun starts tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, hey, b- big news for the Jets, obviously, uh, with uh, with the extension for for Josh Morrissey, and uh, you know a, a key part of the Jets, and, and maybe even more important, given some of the departures on the blue line over the summer. Absolutely. I mean, we certainly knew that Josh was going to be here this year. I mean, he signed the bridge deal, deal last year after a little bit of a, a, a standoff with the club. He missed uh, medicals. You know, he was, he was one of the fortunate ones last year. He missed medicals and, and, and the testing and the first three days of camp and then signed that bridge deal, uh, which was what carried him through last year and this year. But, of course, they would have faced a situation, you know, uh, you know, post-July 1st with a, with a kid that's an RFA and would be looking for big dollars. So they were thrilled to, to lock him up. And Josh, uh, by all accounts, is thrilled to, to be here in Winnipeg. And, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of us feel like $50 million over eight eight years and of course it's mind-boggling to most of us uh, that kind of money but at least in, in this day and age in the marketplace 6.25 uh, AAV is, is is kind of team friendly isn't it I mean this is a guy that you know he's probably not going to win a Norris trophy ever but if you ask people in this market and in the organization they feel like he's a Norris candidate and and he just takes so much of the load um, when he played with Jacob Trouba last year was always played against the best players and not sure exactly who he's going to play with this year. Now the Trubas uh, on Broadway. He got traded, of course, to New York. But uh, you know, Josh is a big, big part of this club. And as you suggested, I mean, they lose uh, they lose Jacob Truba to trade. They bring Neil Peock in, who's a little bit of an unknown at this point with with this organization. Of course, they lose Tyler Myers to free agency. They lose Ben Sherratt to free agency. That was a big chunk of uh, of their top six. And uh, so you know, retaining Josh Morrissey and knowing he's going to be here till what twenty twenty seven until he's 33 years old is, is, is huge news in this market. Well, let me ask you this, and you mentioned Myers and Truba moving on to other teams and Pionk coming in. Who else are they relying on to sort of uh, to fill in some of those minutes that Myers and Truba would have played and, and get into those roles? Well, you know, they still do have Dmitry Kulikov, and then Dmitry's had a, a, a bit of a, you know, a difficult time here. He's had injury. He's been, you know, he's been a, a bit of an enigma with the way he plays. I mean, it's sort of been a story of uh, Dmitry Kulikov's career, but I think that, you know, on the left side, he's, you know, he, they're counting on him. We wondered, you know, we wondered over the off season if there was an opportunity to maybe save some, you know, 
stock away some money by maybe buying out a guy like Dmitry Kulikov, who's making you know, you know, in excess of, of, of four million a year. And but then all of a sudden, if you get rid of another veteran, I mean, <laughs> now, now you're really relying on kids to come in and win jobs. So Dmitry Kulikov, they're going to have to count on. They signed Nathan Borlow to uh, to a new one-year deal, and and uh, of course he played. He came in after the trade deadline and really played quite well when 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 some of the guys were hurt. And uh, you know he's had again his career has been kind of up and down. You know he, he was scratched in Buffalo for a long team on a long time on what was a real bad team, and yet when he came into Winnipeg, he really looked quite good, and and he was just a bit of a steadying influence. So he's going to play. But, of course, that still opens up uh, a spot on either the right side or the left side, depending on how they shift things around. Um, you know, Joe Moore was gone. So that means that uh, he's, he's still, I think he just, uh, he's in one of the camps right now in a PTO, Joe Morrow. So it looks like it's probably a battle with Tucker, Tucker Pullman, who's played a lot of hockey for the Jets over two years, uh, although he was in the American League a lot last year. Sammy Niku, who they love the upside to Sammy Niku. He's a very skilled uh, young Finnish kid. And then they brought in Anthony Boteto, who's a bit of a German journeyman in the NHL. So, you know, one of those guys is probably going to play ho- uh, quite a bit of hockey for the Jets as maybe a sixth defenseman. So it is a rebuilt defenseman, a defense, and, of course, so much of it relies on Dustin Bufflin because, uh, you know, he's him and Josh Morris. He is, you know, a lot of ways as Dustin Bufflin goes, this team goes, and he can, he can be a difference maker. But they are certainly thin on the blue line compared to, to, to other years. Yeah, some changes there for sure. I, I guess up front the, the question marks right now aren't even concerning production or stats or anything like the season. I mean, it's, it's contracts for, for Patrick Line and Kyle Connor. What's your sense of, of how those are progressing, if at all? Well, we certainly didn't learn anything from Kevin Day off today, and I know Kevin has always been a guy that uh, that keeps his you know cards real close to the vest, and he doesn't talk contracts, and most GMs don't. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's 47 guys coming to camp, and you know <laughs> the talk is of the two guys that aren't, and it's Kyle Connor and it's it's Patrick Liney, and you know you you take away that kind of production out of any kind of roster. I mean, you're talking about 64 goals last year, and and Kyle Connor just you know the sky seems to be the limit for this guy. Really, really good, solid player, two-way, um, and they, you know he's played so many minutes with Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, so he's sort of, you know, firmly entrenched on that top line, and and you sort of know what you're getting from Kyle Connor because again he just works so darn hard and he, he plays a pretty good two-way game and can really score goals. As far as Patrick Liney, certainly, you know everybody around the National Hockey League knows what kind of shot he has. The release is he's almost unparalleled except for Ovechkin, but he's real spotty, and of course he scored 18 goals in one month last year. Then he played the rest of the season. He played all the 82 games, but he plays the rest of the season, and he only gets 12 more. And he had big stretches of of of, of productivity of, of unproductivity. Pardon me. So, but he's a guy that they desperately want in the lineup because, as I say, you take those two kids out, and then all of a sudden, you know. Nick Ehlers has got to pick up the slack, and Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler can't have nights off, and Matthew Perot and, and Brian Little really have to step up their game, or they have to look at a Christian Veselainen, who was their first-round draft choice a couple of years ago, and he may step into the lineup, and he's got to score some goals. And, you know, they want to get some more production out of Adam Lowry and Andrew Kopp in the third and fourth line. So uh, it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of action going on, at least, uh, at least outwardly, with these two RFAs, um, you know, there was a, re- a report came out that there was an offer of maybe five, five and a half million over a couple of years for Liney as a bridge deal. His camp said no. They don't mind the uh, they don't mind the term, but the money's not even close. 
And uh, so, and I think Kyle Connor, I mean, he's looking around the league, he's probably thinking he's a seven or eight million dollar guy over several years. So, Jets only have about uh, 15, 15 and a half, just pushing 16 million left uh, of cap space, and they still uh, so they got two two big guns to to get uh, under that cap. So. It's 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 dicey. I mean, there's still a couple of weeks before the real stuff starts, and I think you know the organization and the city remain hopeful that they can get these two guys under contract, whether it's long term or short term. Jason Bell from the Winnipeg Free Press joining us in Inside Sports, and the Jets are a really interesting team. Pick to go deep in the playoffs, maybe win the Stanley Cup over the last two three years, and considered by a lot of observers as as that's how you build a franchise. Smart drafting, patience, the odd clever trade or free agent signing here or there to to augment the roster. Uh, but now you know that like we were talking about, they they've lost a couple guys, and it's that time of year when you start looking through the the preseason publications and the picks online. And uh, and man, tough Central Division, and I, I don't even know if the Jets are, are, are a lock for a playoff spot. I mean that that division is so tough, and with how some of the other teams have improved, the the Cup champ is out of that division. Uh, has the prognosis have have the expectations changed for the Jets at all this season? Well, I think they have. I mean, certainly around the city. I mean, expectations were sky high. If we were talking a year ago, I mean they. They 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 moved past Minnesota quite handily, and they um, you know they beat Nashville in this great series before falling to to Vegas in that in the in five games in the Western Conference Final in that 17-18. So then, you know, you come into the camp in 18, a year from a year ago a year ago today, and of course again people are thinking you know cup or bust, and so many of the pieces were in place. Blake Wheeler gets signed to a long-term contract. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, their number one goaltender, signs a new deal. You know, it's kumbaya, really, when it comes to any kind of, uh, you know, sort of negotiations and stuff. Certainly, there's a cap crunch coming, and we now feel it. But back then, it was, it was you know, they were feeling pretty good about themselves. And again, a, a huge, great front four, well, four, a top four defenseman, again, with, with all the guys we've talked about, Truba, Myers, Dustin Buffin, and Morrissey, and all this goal scoring, all these young kids, it all just kind of came, came together at the right time. All of a sudden now, some of those pieces are missing. There's question marks about the two goal scorers who aren't here. Um, you know, Connor Hellebuck was iffy at times last year. And, and all of a sudden, you look at what St. Louis has done. St. Louis wins a cup, so you got to think that they're right there. They didn't really lose any big pieces. Pat Maroon's not there anymore. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's the same squad there, and you, we know that Dallas and, and we know that um, Nashville has gotten a whole – and Colorado have gotten a whole lot better. And the North uh, – pardon me, the North. <laughs> I'm love, it. Yeah, love it. The Central <laughs> Division, the Central Division is uh, – it's, yeah, it's darn scary. And you're right. I mean, how do you sneak in, you know, in, in, through the division or through the conferences? So, I, I mean, I'm kind of picking this group as much as I like some of the individual talent and I do like the group. I mean, it's a bit of a bubble team right now until they prove otherwise. You know, they go onto the road right off the hop and they got the New York teams and then go into Pittsburgh and then come home and have, I think, uh, you know, some real tough ones on there. I haven't got the schedule in front of me and I should know it off by heart, but, you know, we we're, were actually doing when Mike McIntyre and I did our preview. Um, we're talking about this team, you know, if, they, if they're if they 5 and 5 after 10 games, that's a great start. But if they're, you know, they could be 2 and 8, and then all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, is, is, is Paul Maurice on the hot seat? I mean, this guy's been here, you know, better part of five years they haven't won Paul Maurice they have not said outwardly what kind of contract he has you know he signed an extension but they didn't say how long the extension was um 
in, in, it's in September of 2017. So, you know, he, for all we know, he's a lame duck coach right now. Maybe he's on his last year of a contract. We don't know that. Kevin Shoveldayev has never said. Having said that, I think there's a whole lot of good stuff on this team. I mean, I think they've got Mark, Mark Scheife is still one of the best centers in the world. And, you know, if, if, if they can get Nick Ehlers going and if they get Connor and, and uh, Liney, uh, playing and if they sort out this blue line uh, and and Cal, and and Connor Halbach still gives them the goaltending that he gave them in his Vesna finalist season two years ago. I mean, there's a lot to like about this team. Well, they're an interesting team to watch. They're the number one team in Manitoba, and I think since they came back to Winnipeg, they're the second favorite team in a lot of a lot of other regions for the country. So a lot of people pay attention to them. Jason, thanks for the update out of Winnipeg. Always great to have you on the show. I hope we can talk again down the road. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's fun times here too, because of course we got the Winnipeg Ice now have moved in from Cranbrook and have joined the Western, joined the city from, from the Western Hockey League, and the Manitoba Moose are still here for the American Hockey League. So there's piles of stuff going on here. It's a busy market. It's a fun market to work on and work in, and, and I appreciate the time to talk about it. That is Jason Bell from the Winnipeg Free Press. Interesting times for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, called them a bubble team for the postseason. Man, that's a tough division for sure. The off-topic topic on the text line, you can write into 63630, your favorite sports video game of all time. It is National Video Game Day. Baseball stars from Nintendo also votes for NFL Blitz, EA Sports NHL 97, Mike Tyson Boxing, NHL 2009, and Tandy Football, which I think was the little uh, handheld football game. That bring, brings back some memories for sure. All right. Kevin McClellan, Dwayne Rollison, a couple of former Oilers in the next hour of Inside Sports. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.